Justin. Is that a Justin original? Keith. No. Oh, that's still just. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm. Um, Keith. It, it sounds slowed down or something. You didn't manipulate it at all? The music? Yeah. No. Oh. What's it called when it's free? Um, I don't know. The music? Yeah. Yeah. You know all what right. I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Justin. What's Keith. that annoying popping? That? Yeah, the yeah. microphone. That? Your microphone. Yeah, my microphone. We talked about it last time. Well, or in yeah. a couple episodes before or something. Well, I feel like we need to. <clears throat> we're on. Yeah, well, I, I've discovered now. We're at Keith's house. I've yeah. discovered now that the noise is not from the thing holding the microphone it's in the it's microphone, the microphone itself. itself so yeah. i'm gonna have to figure out how to take it apart i wonder what rant you're going on that caused whatever to bust <laughs> loose inside of that microphone yeah it's because they just sit there they don't do nothing yeah so uh, that means it was user and we've only used these microphones yeah my microphone perfect yeah wow i don't know what happened um okay yeah we're on okie dokie my home turf yeah. But things are about to get real confessional. <laughs> uh-huh. Now that I'm feeling safe and comfortable. Nope. Um, yeah, so right now kids are outside. So I think we we should maybe take advantage. Should we just jump right in? Yeah. So uh, we just recorded for eight and nine. Watched the finale. Had to do it to them. Had to. Right? So I ran over here as fast as I could, <laughs> and yeah, we're going to talk about the finale, the curse finale. Congratulations, you played yourself. That's how I felt watching the finale. So Congratulations, you played yourself. I watched it before you, Yeah, and I had so many things ready to go uh-huh. um, that I realized i didn't want to tilt you either way and we are recording saturday yeah so i mean like literally i don't know what you thought of it i guess now i kind of know but i resisted the urge to you know like the first thing i wanted to text you was this is designed to drive reddit People yeah, Reddit is crazy. Having a civil war right now. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, this is designed to to drive Reddit mad. And then I was going to send you the um, gif of Shaq floating above a house. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I resisted, and there's some sure. other stuff that I wanted to uh, send you. But all I texted you was, wow. Yeah. I couldn't stop that. And then I just <laughs> commented... I have so much I want to say that I'm just not going to. Yeah. So your reaction, is it is it you played yourself? You feel like looking back at the whole season now, you're like, that was not worth it or where it just recontextualized. Right. This is exactly what I mean by you played yourself. We were just two days ago talking about 
True Detective and how they had all of these things throughout the entire season pointing in different directions, right? Mm-hmm. All this different symbology. And then the show ended and it had nothing to do with any of that stuff. Yeah. So we just True Detective did. did we, the curse just True Detective did us <laughs> as we were talking about how True Detective, True Detective, True Detective did, did us. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, what was funny is literally driving home from your place after we recorded, I had this moment of clarity where I was like, oh, this this finale is not going to make any coherent sense. Mm-hmm. How could it? I was like, this is Nathan Fielder we're, we're talking about. And as much as I was sitting there talking about like, yeah, there's enough there for it to be very literal for you to have things happen that you mm-hmm. understand that then are meaningful because you set up all this stuff. I was like, oh, of course we're not going to, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it also to me reveals the, the brain poison you get from talking about stuff like this, right. like, like week to week. Exactly. You know? And, and so just well, like, and making content. content out of it. Right. Well, well, I think that it's true for anything. It's just like, yeah. Listening to people talk about sports, right? Mm-hmm. Like eventually you talk about sports so much you swing back around you're the least qualified person to talk about sports, right? Right. Because you've talked about it so much that you've poisoned your brain too much to have any objectivity, you know? Right. And at a certain point, you just have to have something to say. Exactly. You have to have something to say. And you're you're so in the weeds of what you need to say because, again, if you're talking about anything for too long, politics, sports, whatever, you're going to get lost in the minutia of it mm-hmm. because you're like – God, I have to talk another four hours about this. You're like, gonna get lost in the sauce. Lost that in the sauce. like me. Exactly. So, I think that it's a normal. I'm gonna give us an out. It's a normal human yeah. reaction to get lost in the sauce, as you said. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we definitely got. Lord have mercy! I'm about to bust. Lost sauced. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um. So with that said. I mean, back to the point of, you know, there was a lot of buildup of the ending is so wild, blah, 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 blah. And there's a part of me that, I mean, this is where I'm, I'm back. I love the finale. I loved it. Me too. I loved what they did with it. I don't have any sort of grander meaning to the last three quarters of the episode. I loved it because I thought it was really funny conceptually it's funny mm-hmm. like ju- yeah just conceptually it's funny to have this be the end of your show to bring this idea to a network saying this is how we want to end the show <laughs> like the whole thing i find is the actual execution of it in the show is hilarious mm-hmm. um but this idea of like the ending is so wild the thing that i'd never really like about that is i think like you said it it leads you it's in by its nature it kind of makes you makes me feel like if it's that crazy then it can't make any sense right because that and then it would just be random almost Mm -hmm. and i think on at the face value that's what the finale is but 
the more it sat with me, the more it does make sense in terms of like just the direction of the show, you know? And the, I think the, <clears throat> well, I will do, do we want to run through, do our summary? Sure. And then I'll get to my points. Yeah. So episode 10, green queen opens up uh, with the Rachel Ray cooking show. During her talk show, Rachel Ray introduces Whitney and Asher as her guests with Whitney in the late stage of pregnancy. She asks them about their tactics for Green Queen, challenging them over the effectiveness of their show. Eventually, Rachel loses interest and goes back to cooking lessons with guest star Vincent Pastore. Or Vincent Pastore. And I've only got one screen, so i got to flip between all these different windows. Oh, boy. Okay, so a couple notes I had about the Rachel Ray thing. The Rachel, the one thing I will say about the Rachel Ray thing is that, to me, <clears throat> watching it felt um, not poorly executed, but not executed to the level that the rest of the show was. And it felt to me like... First of all, it felt to me like the Sopranos guy was 100% checked out, had no interest in being there, didn't know what he was doing, didn't know why he was there. I mean, eventually he got a little bit better, but when he was first on the screen a couple of times, I was like, boy, this guy does not care. Um, but yeah, the whole thing just felt like, like they the summary mentions Rachel gives Whitney some pushback on the whole passive house concept. Which, um, I don't know, just felt strange. Like, it did not feel uh, like the concept of pushing back, of a host pushing back on that, felt normal for that type of situation. But Rachel's reactions to it felt very strange and, like, hostile and dismissive, which I didn't get. So, um, I, I, I've i been looking for it, and damn it if I can't find it. Um, in the... On the Reddit of... Yeah, the woman who was in the audience. Yeah, who then talks about how Rachel Ray and the Sopranos guy clearly... They just didn't get it. They didn't get it. They had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, And and how frustrated uh, Nathan Fielder was getting, trying to explain to them what the joke was. And then also it created a... uh, continuity error right and, and, and nathan how, fielder was distraught yes yeah how, how distraught he was about it um <laughs> i found that all really interesting but i think to me reading that and it's hard for me now to divorce my experience of it at the time from after reading that and having that color the the whole scene um but my initial thought was Rachel Ray still on the air, which yeah, I think to me goes to the underlying one of the underlying you know concerns or quote unquote points of the show is what it means to be that type of person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That type of content creator where you are a lifestyle mm-hmm. guru or whatever. You also are always viewed, but by a very small obsessive fan base where 
I can't imagine who's still a Rachel Ray fan mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. You'd have to be borderline like Robert De Niro and the King of Comedy, like obsessive, mm-hmm. right? Because what channel is she on? How do I access? I her don't show? know if she still has a show. That, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are you well? To me, I'm like now. It made me want to because it felt like they crashed Rachel Ray's small little HGTV online only show mm-hmm. to then film this, and that's yeah. exactly who Asher and Whitney are. Right at the end, she's like. I can't believe we were not even on HGTV. They're on HGTV streaming service, you know? Um, and to me, that whole scene played like, here's someone living out this curse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it just hit me on that. Oh, really? Thematic level, yeah. Uh-huh. Where I saw Rachel Ray as... Whitney Mm -hmm. and it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I was like that has to be just a horrible existence I guess I could see that Um, so you think the so this is a little bit of an arb- are all of all of this is arbitrary okay we're podcasting about a show like no, you said not. because you we talk about so much you end up saying things that maybe you wouldn't say normally da-da. so you think that the curse is metaphorical still no no i think the show is absolutely operating on multiple levels at once i think it's so you're not using that in terms of the big capital curse that the show is about i'm using it like a lynchian where there's overlapping realities and and all this stuff um (laughs) yeah um one thing i did make sure to make note of that i thought was very funny is that rachel ray calls them the green queens yes <laughs> and she, she says goodbye she calls them the green queens i love the um i love how awkward she is in the question she asked them yeah. to how she takes it like a lot of people take mm-hmm. just the, the setup of hearing like environmental which is immediately to get defensive, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I do my part. Oh, yeah. You know, and then Whitney's stuff that she ends up talking about is also like not anything that I haven't heard before where it's like, yeah, take a five-minute shower. It's like, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell, me, tell me more about your like eco-revolution. Don't talk to me about. Right. Yeah, you can set a timer. So you right. don't take a more than a five minute shower. Yeah. Um. While this was there anything else I wanted to say about that? No. Oh yeah, Asher just sitting there the whole time, smiling, smiling, essentially not moving. It was just hilarious. And trying to intro the baby a little bit. Yeah. While the series has been renewed for a second season, Whitney is frustrated with the small viewership, a feeling. Com- well, okay. She's not just she's not frustrated with the small viewership. She's frustrated that it's on the HGTV streaming app and no one can find it. Right. Not that it's I which I guess means it has a small viewership, but I more pointedly that it's on the app. It's exactly. not on like cable TV. A feeling compounded by the knowledge that Kara has been profiled by the New York Times for after quitting her career as an artist. That's a funny detail too. I like Yeah, that. that's a great detail and then 
Um, she makes the Holocaust joke, and then we get a great sequence of Asher trying to explain art and why art is funny, oh, which 100% so- feels like anytime I'm trying to explain why anything is <laughs> funny and good and anything like that. Because, you know, with Mel Brooks, you realize that the Holocaust is funny. <laughs> right. Or, or it's that not it funny, but ca- it, can it can be, be yeah. funny. <laughs> The house at Cuesta Lane has been finished, and instead of giving it to an interested buyer, Asher decides to give it to Absher for free. Uh, going back to the model house, another great touch. He Asher gives Whitney the model house. They're looking at it, and then at the end, she goes, oh, there they are. And she points to the model people, and they're standing in the yard, like, cheering. Cheering. Okay. <laughs> 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 that, I thought that was so funny. That was fantastic. And that <laughs> and that also is a scene where Asher's like, whether he means to or not, he's calling Whitney out on her intention, right? Yeah. Where he's like speaking to this projection of who she is. Mm-hmm. But we know that she's not that. And she knows that she's not that. Mm-hmm. But then she's seeing a path that she has to take to build up this image, right? Yeah. Where she is someone who would actually love as a gift to give away a house. Right. Uh, blah, 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 blah. When the two go to tell Absher of their decision, expecting him to be thrilled and grateful, he is instead disinterested and seems more concerned with having to pay property taxes. As I would. Exactly. So that's kind of was my first real uh, getting into it with this Absher thing is like my first thought is how the fuck do you react to someone giving you a house for free yeah you know what i mean and and also you know this get this got mentioned a lot it's interesting that right the f- entire show opens with dougie ch- trying to force some emotion out of a person who's not expressing that emotion out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this, the finale doesn't open with it, but pretty soon after the opening, they're now kind of doing the same thing with Absher. They're not forcing, they're not forcing him to, but they are expecting some big grand emotional reaction from him that he's not giving to them. And they even give you that scene where he's like wiping his eyes. Or he gets like, dust oh, you're in crying. his eye. Yeah. He's like, right. No, it's dust. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. How do you react to that? It's just not something that, you know, uh, and then also that was my first thought too was, yeah, who's going to pay the property taxes? Like, and we talked about that before with the um, extreme home makeover. Yeah, is you give these people this house, but then it gives them all these other financial burdens, and it's like, yeah, you can say, I mean, this is more, I guess, more relevant in Absher's case. Yeah, you can just turn around and sell the house or whatever, which is fine. I get that. But that's also a whole other process. I also, again, don't think any of this is meant to be analyzed this deeply. I think what I learned from the finale is that everything up until the moment is just, it's just these people and who they are, right? Mm -hmm. It's not... Uh, it's not symbolizing anything else. Like it's what they want to say about these people is being said exactly in the scene. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not then, Oh, what is this leading to next? It's just, that's just what the moment is or whatever, you know? Uh, 
So, yeah, I was thinking property taxes, you know, they do this great thing, which you now realize that's all it is, where Absher opens the door, they're talking to him, and then there's just some random guy in the background. Yeah. And he's like, yo, get out of the, go away. Don't let them see you or whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah, it just gives you this weird feeling like something's off. Yeah. But that's all it is. That's all it's meant to be. That guy was not the guy in their house after. No. The contractor. Right. Yeah. They looked similar enough where I was like, is that the guy? But I I didn't go back and look. Yeah. It's also a great, to me, representation of this very American, I feel like, idea of like Asher and Whitney giving one guy a house is the equivalent of the like when when conservatives try and trap you in the immigration argument and they're like well why don't you let an immigrant stay in your house Mm -hmm. it's like that's not a solution that doesn't fix the problem (laughs) me letting one person or one family stay in my house that's not that's not what we're that's not even what we're talking talking about about, right like you're so completely far off like this is from a top down giving one guy a house fixes nothing it doesn't even fix his problems. It just exactly. creates a different set of problems for him. Um, but yeah, that's a different conversation, I guess. Yeah, that's the stuff that breaks your microphone. Exactly. It rants like that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so that's that's it for Absher. Kids aren't even there. The, an, again, another great touch when they're like, are, they, are the girls here? And he's like, right. no. Yeah. They're like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, one morning, Whitney wakes up. Okay, so this skips what I feel like is a very important part. Going back to my notes. So after that, they go back to the their house. Mm-hmm. That's when they do the, they're installing a thing to depressurize the baby's room so that it can have air conditioning because they don't want it to be uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah contractors there they have that great um moment where the like the day worker pops up out of nowhere he's like oh i'm telling everybody everybody. and And he just stares stares at at them them. yeah (laughs) that was great Uh, i also thought it was really interesting how during that sequence when they're talking to the contractor and he's like i've got a present for your baby or for your baby boy or something and he mentions the sex of the baby which apparently they weren't supposed to be telling people, but then you get that moment of like, without it being said, you realize, oh, Asher was running his mouth like he does, told the guy, probably in some bragging way that he's having a boy. Whitney knows it and gives him a look, and he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't tell him anything, which is, you know, just what, I thought that was interesting that he's been doing that the whole series. We don't need to, we've already seen all the backstory behind it before, you know, and he's still doing it. Um so anyways, after that is when they're laying in bed, right? And Asher is singing to the baby in the belly. It, with a light. With a light. Mm-hmm. And someone else on the um, subreddit pointed out that the light he's flashing on the belly is a, it's an earth. The light makes a picture of the earth. I'm sure the baby appreciated that. Yeah. Um. So... While he's singing to the baby, he says something like, there's a little 
there's a little me inside of you. And then there's like a good 30 seconds to a minute maybe of Whitney, of you just see Whitney's face, and she goes through like a range of emotions from like, like almost smiling at it at first, but then just going completely blank and then like giving him some weird looks. Did you pick up on that? Yeah. Well, the only thought it gave me, I did pick up on it was how long were they in that bathroom for? <laughs> sure. You know, there's no way that that weirdo guy at the party could have had sex with her in that. Oh, right? you were thinking of it in that sense. Yeah. I was okay. like the only yeah, initially I was like, she's reacting like she has a secret mm-hmm. that he doesn't know, mm-hmm. right, concerning the baby. But then what it probably is and, and could be is just her, they, they've not unified in the, in the month since, mm-hmm. right? And those old feelings are still there. Yeah. In her exactly, right? yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's what. Before we move on, th- that is one thing I wanted to mention is the their interactions through this first fifteen or twenty minutes is a lot more. I feel like streamlined. Maybe mm-hmm. like you can see, Asher's fully committed to his deal, and she has seemingly fully committed to Asher being playing this part. Um, and then th- this is the moment where you realize. This, to me, was her. She cursed him in that moment. Mm-hmm. She cur- Right? She curses him because then the very next scene, he's on the thing. He's on the Root, ceiling. The ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's being pulled towards the sun or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Nala because you think about it too. Nala says, I curse you. And then almost immediately his chicken is gone. Right? And that was the curse. So it's not, I feel like it's not something that you say you're cursed and then months go by. I mean, it's been eight months or whatever since Nala cursed him, since Dougie cursed him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Dougie's curse. That's interesting. I, you know, I'm, this is nothing to do with any, but I just had to flash in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, could you tell a story from the perspective of someone who suffers curses but none of the curses are real. Like the people giving the curses, they're not supernatural at all. Mm-hmm. It's just that person is susceptible to any curse. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're like the ultimate cooler. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Where you're like, all someone has to do is just think negatively about you and you're going to suffer. That feels like Asher. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Uh, one morning, Whitney wakes up shocked to discover Asher floating on the bedroom ceiling. Asher initially believes this is due to an air pressure irregularity caused by the passive house design. The two struggle and fail to get Asher down, and it becomes clear that gravity has reversed direction for Asher. As the stress of the situation mounts, Whitney begins to go into labor. Hmm. So, yeah, so Asher... Wakes up, he's stuck to the ceiling. Great sequence of getting him out of the house. Um, Emma Stone waddle running mm-hmm. through the house and like waddle crawling, crawling. was hilarious, I thought. Um, and then the moment, so the doula shows up. And 
<laughs> this is another this is something else I don't understand. Looking at the Reddit, I mean I do understand. A- everyone talking about Asher floating and floating away is describing it as like a nightmare and like it's horrific. Mm-hmm. Which it is, and I get it. I was laughing so hard oh. that I started to cramp up. <laughs> Yeah. When the doula pulls him off the building and he just starts floating straight up and then flies up into the tree, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so yes. hard. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. I was laughing. I rewound it. Absolutely. Yeah. It was so funny. Also. Well, also him laying outside of his house. Just You're just, right. He's just laying there. He's, he's resigned. <laughs> he's just laying there. Um, and something else that I I brought up while we were watching it and and Julia made shut it down so quick I felt like such an idiot when he's walking through the house and doing everything upside down it looks so good it did, right it looks I'm like how did they do this I'm not seeing any harnesses I'm not she seeing any think it looked good no she said she said the house is just upside down like they're just on an ups they're like He's regular side up, but the set is upside down. And then they just flipped it. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. It still looks good. It does look good, <laughs> but when you think about the fact that it looks good because he's literally just walking normally through a house. But, but I mean, here's the thing. He's not, he's not, though, because gravity is pulling him. At no point does he just stand up. He does. When he's yeah. do, using the vacuum, he stands but, up. But... He has to like push to get the, it, to me. He he does a great job acting like like he's being pulled to the ground constantly. But it's not because there's I guess too. I thought there would be moments where he's like floating, and there's not really any moments where he's floating. He's pretty much always connected to the ceiling. Yeah, but but that also takes a lot of acting. Like if, if sure if I if you're like okay Keith, you're on the ceiling, I still will need to. You know, like act like I'm being sucked down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So he, at no point, is just acting like I'm right side up. Yeah. Which which takes skill. Yes, I agree. Back to what I just said, though, that they did have that moment where both of them are embraced, floating, which was great. Image. great. I thought that looked great amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, if. If you wanted to, I feel like there are moments that's one of them that kind of exemplify one of the, uh, you know, again, the, the points of the show. Sure. Right? Um, Asher makes his way out of the house, but is still forced to stay in the in an overhang. They call Whitney's doula Moses for help, but in trying to pull Asher down, he accidentally lets him fly into a tree. Do you know anything about doulas? Like, what is the difference between a doula and a midwife type of... I guess what I'm asking is, am I being problematic in some way <laughs> not for knowing. thinking that guy doesn't look like he'd be a doula. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. You're, you're being as problem problematic as what I waited to say to you off air okay. last time. <laughs> yes. All right. I take it back then. <laughs> um, he calls Dougie 
which was a relief because up until we're like halfway through the episode and Dougie's not in it. And there was a part of me that was like afraid we weren't going to see Dougie again Mm -hmm. because we're halfway through the episode, not even a mention of his name. And at this point it was pretty clear. I felt like that we weren't getting resolution resolutions. Um, Also during our break, during our brief little break, Look at this. Hey. Fixed it. You you took the toenails out. Yeah. Fell in there. What was it? Just a loose Something apparatus? you can screw off the top, and then inside is the, what I'm guessing, not guessing, is the actual microphone module. But that, and then that part screws into the bottom part, and the part that screws in was loose. So I just tightened it. So... There's a good chance it will just come loose again, I guess. I don't know why it would have come loose in the first part. You explaining that felt like a Paul Oster book. Nope. It's fixed for now. Lost interest. So go home. We love you. You're very special. <laughs> um, blah, blah, blah. He calls Dougie, right, to stay with Asher as the firefighters arrive. Dougie, having no knowledge of what is happening to Asher, believes he is running away from his parental responsibilities (laughs) and calls the cameraman to film the situation with a drone. So I also love Dougie's reaction on the phone. He goes, I know exactly what this is. Exactly. I made it that (laughs) Dougie within the first five minutes. within the first two minutes has some of the most Dougie lines I've ever heard. Yes, he says, (laughs) they say Asher's flew up into a tree and he says, I know exactly Exactly. how to fix this. (laughs) (laughs) And then right before, you know, they're calling Dougie, Whitney is screaming, going into labor. Asher has flew up into a tree. All sorts of panic is breaking out. And right before they hang up. Congratulations. (laughs) Dougie goes, Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) and then he comes he gets to the site he talks to asher and also something that i thought was just quintessentially that character in order to get his cameraman he goes hey bixby (laughs) bixby is the siri is the samsung siri if you have a c if you have a samsung phone you you have to use bixby Bixby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i didn't know that um oh, that's <laughs> but this so going so really like the most compact but clear character building in almost any show yes. just like in one minute you progress and then see clearly who this right character is yeah that's funny. um and and this to me again going back having the finale sit with me a little bit, feeling like, of course, they wouldn't have addressed all these little things. This, to me, is an explanation of all the, like, creeper shots we get throughout the series, of all the weird sort of, like, production angles we get, which I think we speculated before. Um, But those are just... Yes, Dougie is just having people film them all the time, mm-hmm. right? He shows up to a scene, firefighter, or no, fire, he, firefighters aren't there yet, but he shows, his friend is stuck in a tree, he has no idea what's going on, and his first inclination is to call his camera guy to come film it. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly just having people film them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Firefighters try to get Asher to leave the tree, ignoring Asher's erratic behavior and claims. As Whitney is checked at the hospital, she is told she'll need a C-section. This is a question I asked Julia that she didn't have an answer for. Ooh. Other than to sit, look at me like I was an idiot again. Mm. Why can't babies be born feet first? <laughs> Can you explain it to me why? I understand that's a bad. There, there, there's someone in the room who, who absolutely has a take on this. But, I mean, to me, I feel like you are dealing with a completely different beast turned around, right? Maybe. I don't know. Sure. Bill, do you have an answer? I mean, the arms, the shoulders. You, you, you take coming, the, the biggest part out down. first and everything else slides right out. And if you're, if you're pulling <laughs> it like this, they're going to get arms up, wings, like, wings up. Yeah. Okay, sure. But you say that. You say you take the biggest part out first. Bad. And the shoulders. Maybe this is a bad analogy. Okay. But when I'm drilling a hole, I don't try and drill the biggest hole first. Or if I'm using like a step bit. A step bit starts with the smallest part and then makes it bigger. So you want you want those toes out the first. Baby feet were sharp. Baby feet are drilling their way through. Yeah, that's like, not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I feel like the concept of you take the biggest out first uh, it doesn't hold a lot of water with me. I think. Don't you think if, they, if if you're coming out backwards, you're potentially forcing like a tremendous amount of things into the. Nasal cavities. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I mean, I do. But some of those babies are born in sacks still. Oof. Do those come out feet first? Yeah, sack. Not. You got sack baby. Yeah. Okay, I was just curious about that. Well, none of us are doctors, so I wasn't looking for an official answer. Hey, no dumb questions. Sure. All questions are valid. <laughs> right, so Whitney's having her C-section. Back at the house, the firefighters start chopping the branch. What? Chopping the branch? They get a, a, a chainsaw. chainsaw out. And talk about continuity error. Where she's positioned and he's positioned. Oh, yeah. That chainsaw. And she's cutting his legs off. She's cutting his legs off. Yeah. Despite Asher's pleas to stop. When it is chopped... <laughs> <laughs> when it is when it is chopped asher shoots into the sky <laughs> there was a piece of me that thought is that branch big enough to hold and as soon as it got, it like, nope clearly not <laughs> he takes off like a rocket exactly <laughs> Shocking Dougie and the firefighters. As Whitney gives birth at the hospital, Asher continues flying upward while Dougie cries back in the street. And is Dougie blaming himself? Does he think it's his curse that caused that? Or he's just crying because he wasn't taking his friends seriously, basically? I think that it's it's a culmination of a lot of what he's been feeling and experiencing through this. And I, and again, I think it gets back to another um, concern of the show, which is what 
what can constitute change in a person, mm-hmm. right? Like, is awareness or intention enough for you to change and alter? Is that a true moment of change for Dougie? Or is that just a a honest kind of reaction to what he's experienced while also keeping him in the same place, in the same rut, um, you know, um, that, that he's been in his whole life? Mm-hmm. And again, I take it as a honest moment, but not an honest moment of change. It's just a culminating emotional moment of what happened to his wife, mm-hmm. of his loneliness and isolation, of of real acknowledgement of his motivations, that mm-hmm. they are selfish. But in the end, I think he's going to get back in that f- flashy car of his, mm-hmm. turn on the same music, and drive off to turn be, on the EDM. Yeah, the EDM and, and go and continue to be the same Dougie mm-hmm. that he's been. Asher is finally seen floating lifeless in space. The camera f- He he has a few, I think, moments. Moments of there. groaning where he's clearly like being suffocated or Well, he has a moment where he turns and looks up and he's like awed by what he sees. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a moment he's of saying, like, wow. Yeah, I think there's a moment of like epiphany or there's a lot of baby parallels, which well, I'll talk well, in about the, in the tree. He says, "I'm a baby." He says, "I'm a baby." Wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> off screen too, which is which is funny. Yeah, <laughs> he also did, did that throughout the show. Yeah, there were multiple times where he said he's a baby for some reason. Uh, the camera floats from the hospital back to the Seagull house where neighbors who witnessed the events decide that it must have been a stunt for the couple's TV show. Uh, so, larger picture. Oh, quickly. Sorry. Just because I have this saved in my Reddit account. Did you see this video <laughs> of Eric Adams doing the bedroom walkthrough? unbelievable you can look in a jewelry box a jewelry box of this nature maybe a simple jewelry box but if you look through it closely you don't know what your child may be hiding for instance a gun (laughs) a gun (laughs) and isn't one like and behind this picture frame could be a crack pipe yes (laughs) (laughs) um okay so Can I just say to Eric Adams in that video represents this kind of like in, in almost any industry, there's a niche part of it where people are just saying shit, not even doesn't have to be smart or what you're, you're just so deep in whatever this profession or hobby is that you just need to like get up and say something. Um, and people will go along with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, his, I, I don't understand how he's, hasn't been, uh, what's his name? George Santos. Yeah. It's George like, George Santos. You send like a reporter into any kind of conference around any specific field. Yeah. You're going to run into a bunch of weirdos. In there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so before I get, I saved a bunch of Reddit posts because there's a lot of great stuff on the Reddit. Like I said, very. um, A lot of people wrestling with it, which is good. Uh, But overall, 
I loved it. I liked the I liked the way it ended. And like I said, it it's one of those things where it's it's for me, it's like gambling. It's sports gambling. Where it's like I've spent all this time trying to put all the pieces together. I'm ultimately always wrong. And it's the second I'm proven wrong, everything is so clear like, in my oh, mind. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. of, course. of course. This makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Exactly. Uh <clears throat> so 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 my takeaway was kind of so larger picture for me, the show is about Asher and Whitney. Mm-hmm. Right? The show ends being about Asher and Whitney. Everything else is kind of ancillary, doesn't really matter. Also, there's no such thing as like in a in a show like this, which is supposed to just be this is the world we live in. These are people that live in this world. There's no such thing as wrapping things up. There's no answer to any question. Any question you answer will just be followed by another question. Yeah. Right? Like, what is the, how do you answer, how do you solve Absher's storyline? Yeah. You don't. Anything you do just leads to more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I kind of had no issue with it. Also, the reason that him literally ending up being cursed and flying into space makes sense to me is that as we've said, starting from minute one, the show has had this building sense of doom through every episode Yeah, that has never gone away. It's always made you feel uncomfortable. It's always made you feel leading up to the finale. Like something crazy is going to happen and it did. Yeah. And you got exactly that. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense in like, like it would never actually happen, obviously. Right. But this building sense of doom led to a doom level event, yeah. which was somebody getting sucked up into space. Um, so that's why it worked for me. And that's why it makes sense. It's not just like a random mm-hmm. thing. My Because my first reaction was, I, I liked it, but it was, it felt like, they spun a random wheel well no to me it felt like either they made nine episodes of the show and had no idea how to end it so that's what they did or they had an idea for the end of a show that they really wanted to do and then they just made the first part up to get them to that point Mm -hmm. um but after sitting with it to me it makes perfect sense and it, it fits I don't, you know, going, we'll, we'll get into some of the Reddit posts. I don't see like a larger, obviously there's like a lot of parallels happening between Asher being cut from the tree and Whitney being cut for the C-section and the tree limbs and umbilical cord. And, you know, he's in the fetal position. There's like a lot of parallels there, mm-hmm. but I don't see like a, like a deeper meaning or like a commentary on life or being a baby from that. It just is like a, like neat parallel. Right. It's almost like you're taking a picture of something and you're like, I'm just going to move this thing for symmetry. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I make this look nicer? Even right. though it's nothing to do with the shot. It's yeah. like, yeah, why wouldn't we parallel? It's, it's a more elegant solution. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess there's like a, a very loose idea of like, is a, is Asher, being reborn as the baby like i I hope not yeah i didn't i didn't (laughs) feel the need to like dig into that at all but but i mean of course he is you and i were talking about this like our children are us yeah 
you know? And so absolutely there. Mm. Yes. But you don't need to, I think, go much deeper, you know, into that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any, any other thoughts before I talk about some of this Reddit shit? The, the one thing, the finale made me think of a lot of things. And the one thing that hit me, I think uniquely, um, that's probably just my personal read is it the show to me also ends up being about the isolation and uniqueness of experience that Mm -hmm. we all have through this life. Like you can only have people, even the people closest to you are only observers, right? Your spouse, your children, as much as they love you, as much as they know about you in the end, if you are going through a crisis, right. And, given my own personal experience, what we've talked about on the podcast too, if I take like health as a example, if I'm given a diagnosis of something that is either terminal or something that is, uh, you know, kind of serious, um, no one else is going to be able to walk through that experience with me. You know? Yeah. I am completely on my own. In, in that experience. Mm-hmm. And in that way, everybody in your life becomes an observer, you know, mm-hmm. someone who cannot relate to what you're experiencing. And that can be emotionally, you know, physically. And with what happened to Asher, it made me think about that too, right? Where mm. your whole world literally can be turned upside down. And who is going to be able to help you? Like, you can't call the fire department. You you can't get a doula. Your spouse can't help you. Your kid is ineffectual and not born yet. You yeah. Know? Um. So it, it really made me think about that and mm. think about that in terms of all of them, right? Dougie, Dougie's storyline too. I think also is about that. Just the isolation that he feels based on his experience, and nobody can understand him or reach him. Mm. In this, like, you know, I am responsible for my wife's death. Also, I'm not responsible. Don't you dare tell me I'm responsible, you know? Dougie, as Asher's flying away. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Reddit obviously was great at pointing out all of the little things along the way that have um, been foreshadowing Mm -hmm. this. One of the things, though, going back to the very episode, the end, very end of episode nine, when Asher is doing his, and this is why I think it's the Kurt, Whitney's curse that sends him flying. Going all the way back to episode, not, not all the way back, going back to episode nine, right before this episode started, when he ha- has his breakdown or whatever. He says something along the lines of, you won't even need to tell me to leave. I would just disappear exactly. or I would just go mm-hmm. or something. Um, and, you know, obviously Whitney did not hesitate to sort of try and drop him as soon as Dougie was like, we need some tensions for the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she wanted him gone. Uh Oh, so this was another point that I thought was really good that people were pointing out on the Reddit. The idea that Asher 
being stuck in the tree is a parallel for what they were doing to the Espanola community. Mm-hmm. So Asher in the tree is meant to represent Absher and the other people that Ash and Whitney wanted to help, quote unquote. He is stuck yelling for what he needs while Dougie tries to make a spectacle of it. And the people trying to help don't actually listen and give him what and end up giving him what they think he needs. The net. Oh, yeah, the net. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the net. The guy just throws it over oh, his really? back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll got, we got you. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> uh, the net is just an empty gesture on their part at the end. Their help is what gets him killed. Also, for people who theorize that Asher was the curse, you can definitely see this as the curse being lifted, quote unquote. Um, uh, so that I, I just like that thematically. Yeah. Like, what happens when you get a curse lifted? Yeah, blasts off in this place <laughs> <laughs> and dies. Ash was stuck in the bedroom like a womb, was pulled out by the doula. Also, when he's in the bedroom, rolling around on the ceiling is when um, Whitney starts getting her contractions. Mm -hmm. Pulled out by the doula through breathing and counting, descended a birth canal to the tree and was cut out when Whit was having her incision. He ended up in the fetal position. And uses a Dyson to get a phone, as babies do in the the womb, of course. Um, there were two curses. Sorry, let me open up. Some I also thought about this. I was like, you can't do that. You can't do the scene, the Dyson scene, without doing the joke of, wow, the suction on this thing really stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he did say, I think we might need to get the crevice attached. Exactly. <laughs> and, so, and so I was waiting for it because I was like, I don't care who you are. You can't pass up a joke that just sets itself up like that. But I, I knew I was like, Nathan Fielder is too smart to just do the, I told you he shouldn't have gotten a Dyson. You know what I mean? And I was waiting for his version of it. And I think, I think we got it with the crevice attachment. Yeah. Um, there were two curses. There's a theory. There were two curses. In episode seven, Nala tries the fall tries the fall curse on her classmate, but she realizes it doesn't work right away since the classmate doesn't fall until later on at the end of the episode. She doesn't fall at the end of the Run episode. She runs into a wall. All right, I'm... Next. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I mean, that is a form of falling to fall into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Okay, here we go. Many people have posted their interpretations of the ending, but I think it's pretty straightforward. Asher in the finale is the baby. He is going through what the baby is going through. Asher wakes up in the wrong place. The baby is positioned wrong. It's upside down. The doula literally grabs Asher and tries to help him, but he's stuck. The doula tries to help Whitney, but he's also unable to help her and stays behind for the birth. Eventually, the tree is cut like Whitney's stomach is cut. When Dougie yells, Asher, they literally cut to a shot of Whitney's stomach, the baby. When Asher is released, he flies up into the sky. Similarly, the baby comes out of Whitney's stomach, which for the baby's existence has been the sky. It's symbolic of birth. It's religious. That's that's what I want to talk about. I feel like there might be something up that's like religious to this that I'm not keyed in on that I'm going to read some posts to be like, oh, this mirrors this old, tiny story 
when people were telling all these religious stories and metaphors and all this stuff. I mean, but you haven't heard anything like that. Judaism is a huge part of this. Even yeah, this, that's what I'm saying. Even in this episode, they kind of go into depth on the Sabbath ceremony, right? That that they're participating in, and um, Whitney makes a point where she doesn't feel Jewish, right? And he's like, "You're as Jewish as me." Doesn't right. matter that you just converted. Just because you so, converted, yeah. You know, I think it's it absolutely is a point of interest. I and I do think it's there. I definitely nothing jumped out at me to the point where I was like, "Oh, Passover," you know, mm, or whatever. Right. Um. Everybody got what they wanted. Whitney wishes Asher would go away, and he did. Dougie begged to be cursed, and he now carries the guilt of his wife's death and not taking his friends seriously, leading to his death. Asher has a humiliation cucking fetish. Another man will raise his child. As a consolation for his constant self-infantilization has led to him being reborn as his own child, literally being Whitney's baby. This is his place. Yeah. I see all that. I've got a couple last things from Reddit I'd like to talk about. Um, and these are going to be the detractors, people who didn't like Good. it. Good, yeah. Um, so I wanted to go through some of this stuff because I get it. I get it. I suppose. Well, I guess I would say I don't. Well, we'll talk about it. Um, one of the posts anyone feel disappointed overall scrolling this board am i the only one who was kind of let down by the show for a simpleton like me it just feels like a lot of random crap throughout the show never really had any payoff in fact almost nothing did i get there's foreshadowing and symbolism and metaphors and all that crap but man the way it <laughs> strung you along like stuff was going somewhere and it never does could kind of tell by episode 8, 9, there was no way it could wrap up a satisfying way, but I heard how crazy 10 was. So I was hoping a t so I was holding out tiny hope for something, some crazy string of events to wrap things up in a satisfying way, but nope. Okay, I'm not going to read the rest, but I will say, I guess this is just like a contradiction, but like crazy... And like something nobody could ever predict and wrapping everything up you've seen beforehand are like contradictions to me. Right. Yeah. That's why I felt the. that's why I was so confused and didn't know what to expect when the finale came because I kept hearing it's so wild. You'll never you'd never be able to figure it out. I You can't square that with everything that we've been seeing before now gets wrapped up and figured out. Also, like we said before, like, what does that even look like? How do you wrap up these stories? Mm -hmm. And then to that point, someone else says, everything with Absher was so unfulfilling. Like five episodes of buildup about his neck and then the scary chiropractor scene just disappears like it was all a dream. Apparently it fixed him, never saw him rub his neck again. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we talked about that a little bit when it happened, but... Temporary relief. Yeah. That's my take I mean, on that's that. what chiropractic is or whatever that, it's That's even how they sell it. Yeah. So I, I take that as like, again, furthering this idea that the most you can offer, they can offer Absher is a 
temporary right. relief. But then this next question, did Fernando's mom die of cancer since they couldn't afford treatment? Sure. Do you need that wrapped up? Like, what would that even look? Do you need a scene in the finale of Fernando being like, Mourning yeah, my mom, mom, my mom died. Like, what, what is that? You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to see that. Right, right. And, I mean, how many people, especially in her situation, have a miraculous um, recovery? Yeah. Yeah. And even then, it's like, okay. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. Okay, so a couple other comments. I love the ending for a simple reason. I haven't seen a finale that made me feel like that, and that's all I need. It was wild and unexpected, and my wife and I had a blast watching it. Couldn't ask for more. That's kind of how I Is felt. Is that you? That, that wasn't you? me. That's... That was my first reaction. That's kind of my first reaction to any of these crazy things you watch, like with Bo is Afraid or whatever. Even if I end up not liking it, I do appreciate seeing something I've never seen before. Right. You know what I mean? Or just seeing something, seeing seeing people try something so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. Overall, the show was amazing and original and well acted. Nothing I predicted or hoped for happened in the finale, but I enjoyed the ending even so. Another thing I wanted to bring up. Exactly. Also, I'm an idiot. I can't write a TV show. I don't want to see my ideas in a TV show. <laughs> I want to see Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie's ideas in a TV show. You know what I mean? So it's like, great. That's what I got. Yep. Um. Uh, it was a perfect end to a show attempting to hold. Oh, here we go. So this I thought was an interesting explanation. It was the perfect end to a show attempting to hold a mirror up to pop cult to pop culture, reality TV, wealth disparity, and racism, and show us the meaning of passive living, quote unquote. That is living your life passively, locking yourself away in a glass house and ignoring the problems all around you. Asher's fate felt like the show's way of asking people whether they'd been paying attention all along. The show is about two truly despicable people's lives unraveling as they exploit their community. If you're watching all that and asking when's the curse going to kick in <laughs> or missing the horror and dread that permeated basically every moment of the show, then yeah, this finale is going to seem jarring and weird to you. If you've been watching the show and thinking about its implications, you're going to watch this finale and recognize that Asher floating away isn't some deep, meaningful thing. It's just one final attempt to snap people out of their passivity and start actually asking themselves what it all meant if they have made it this far without that understanding. The final lines between the two neighbors were absolutely perfect. Something like, so that was all just for TV? Yeah, I think so. And then, so I, this is, this is something I, uh, this is somebody I interacted with. So this was a post, someone who was disappointed with the ending. This person said, I feel absolutely ripped off. <laughs> the ending ruined the entire thing for me. I kept waiting and waiting and hanging in there throughout the show, waiting for the moment. And that was the moment. I feel like this is a total, the emperor has no clothes situation. So many of my friends are going on about how brilliant the show was. Blah, blah, blah. No offense to anyone who really loved it. I just feel the opposite. So I asked this person 
what moment like right so i i asked her i asked them for some reason i feel like it's a a woman but so i asked them what would have been closer to the moment for you uh i just because i just you know curiously i want to know uh anyway my answer something less jarringly stupid and something more in line with every episode prior Odd, weird, quirky, crazy, shocking. Any of those things would have been fine with me, Mm. but it felt like this episode was a completely different show than everything that led up to it. It was called The Curse, right? They spent a lot of time disabusing us of the notion of anything supernatural. Curses aren't real unless you, the cursed, give them power, etc. Did Asher not give them power? He gave Whitney explicit power by saying if you wanted me gone, I would just disappear. They spent a great deal of time making us uncomfortable. I think you see the entire show also Asher giving the curse power over him. Like he can't shake it. Exactly. He, I mean, one whole episode ends with his obsession Mm -hmm. over the curse. They spent a great deal of time making us uncomfortable, showing us quirky but relatively believable scenarios, and then out of nowhere, bam, dancing on the ceiling sucked into space. This is just he a didn't me. Dance. <laughs> yeah. This is just a <laughs> me problem. I realize that other people might not feel this way. Uh, I felt that I'd invested so much time into characters that I didn't give one single solitary crap about. They were all horrible people with almost no redeeming qualities. I think I was hoping that the finale would deliver a reason for me to care. I was Mm. frustrated that I never got to a point after all that time where I felt happy for, sympathetic, empathetic for any single solitary character here. Everyone was, to a degree, a sack of total beep. I won't say it because kids are around. Which, yes, that's kind of how life is, but it's not how movies are, at least not for me. I've been told that I'm missing the point, blah, blah, blah. That was basically it. So I thought that was an interesting answer. You know, I don't agree with it. I I liked it, but... Yeah, I mean... I, I, I don't really... I don't understand how... I mean, I guess it just speaks to anything else ever with people with with different tastes. But I don't understand how you get to episode 10 of this show made by these people and aren't on board with the ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? To me, it also goes back to, like, I'm fascinated with people who are interested in something, like, let's say film or TV, but then only want explainable like stories told to them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, at some point, don't you get tired of, Oh, that meant that. And that meant that, right? Like at some point I feel like you're gonna want something new. Yeah. And well, right. That's what I'm saying. It, you want to, you want to, you want to know if Fernando's mom dies of like there's a million shows you can watch that are going to give you that storyline. That's all it's about, and give you that answer, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you don't. It's not. Yeah, that's the thing that I struggle with too. Is like, I, I am still a superficial viewer in a lot of senses, in that I like to be compelled. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff that is made with a lot of care. There's like purposefully meant to not compel you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you want to watch a day in the life of there's a Wim 
or Vim, Vim vendors. Vendors, yeah. His new <laughs> his film? name's either Vim Vendors or Wim, Wim Wenders. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta commit. You gotta. Commit. But you know, I do find myself saying a lot of times those Vim Wenders. Right. Like, I just right. Combine. But do you know about his last no. film? It's called Perfect Days. Uh-huh. Which is about this guy living in. I want to say Japan, Tokyo, and all he does is clean toilets and uh-huh. read like poetry at night, and like it's almost two hours. And sounds like a loser. That's all you do. Like <laughs> yeah. that's all you see. Yeah. And and to me, it's like I know that it's going to be like compelling in the smallness that it's, that it's saying, but. Yeah, send them to the ceiling yeah. at the end. Right. You know what I mean? Like, let's do something. Let them get sucked into one of those toilets. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, but yeah, I lo- I loved it. I loved the curse. Okay. Uh, all right. So, True Detective this weekend comes out. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about it? The f- so quickly, the first True Detective had s- some hinted at some supernatural stuff. None of it ended up being real. Yeah. The second season, terrible. Didn't have any of that, right? Mm-hmm. The third season was okay, fell off. Also didn't have any of that. Yeah, it was more like in That's right. his mind That's right. stuff. Yeah. Do you know anything about the fourth season? No. Other than it's woke and it stars and is all made women. by all women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do not know anything else than that. But okay. uh, I am going to watch the showrunners film hopefully tomorrow before the show Uh the thing i want to remember going into true detective is is Mm -hmm. to not get so tunnel vision on all these little things i got to keep the big picture in mind there you go there you go all right okie dokie okie dokie bye bye so go home we love you you're very special i love you i love being your tile coach 